This is HPR episode 2016 entitled Print. It is hosted by Landia and is about 13 minutes long. The summary is, I share what I've learned about the Print music identification system. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Landir for Hacker Public Radio, recording Friday, April 25th, 2016. I'm going to be talking today about the Echoprint music fingerprinting system. Earlier this year, uh, a message went out to the mailing list asking about possible ways of identifying whether recordings uploaded to Hacker Public Radio had had the intro prepended and outro appended or not, and if it was possible to automate this. This got me thinking about um, how audio is identified, and specifically music, and I'd remembered um, reading some while back about um, the Echo Nest and Echo Print projects. So I'd thrown that out there as a suggestion of something to look into. And wouldn't you know it, you suggest doing something and pretty soon you end up doing it yourself. Now, I never was quite able to get um, good detection of the HPR intro and outro, but I did learn a lot about the system and found it pretty interesting. So I thought I would record an episode and um, share in case someone else is interested in it. So, first of all, uh, the Echoprint project um, has a website. It's echoprint.me. And there's a pretty high-level overview there of, of how it works um, under this the How It Works link, uh, slash how is the URL. Now, when I first started, I assumed this was going to be like most other fingerprinting systems, just sort of a uh, a hash that I could just do direct comparisons to. So I downloaded a few audio files, including the um, Hacker Public Radio intro and outro FLAC versions. Then I re-encoded those to AUG with the idea that I could run the um, fingerprinting over both and compare the two and hopefully would get a match. So um, I downloaded the code generating part of Echoprint 
and they have the source code for it on GitHub. It's at github.com slash echonist slash echoprint dash code gen. Uh, the code is MIT licensed and I was able to um, compile it uh, with no problems on my Raspberry Pi. And so I ran the, the fingerprinting on both audio. Uh, it uses FFmpeg to uh, do the audio decoding, so there were no problem handling both formats. And I learned pretty quickly that it's not just a matter of using the code generator to get hashes and then comparing them. Um, first of all, the, the output of the code generator was uh, JSON, and that included uh, what looked like a base64 chunk, which was the hash itself. And they didn't look the same at all, and they weren't even the same length. So I needed to dig a little deeper. So the first thing I did was um, try decoding the base64, which um, turned out it was actually a URL-safe version of base64, where the plus and slash are replaced by uh, a hyphen and underscore. And then I just got this big binary blob. Uh, and at that point, I pretty much knew I was in over my head, but I decided to keep going. So I did a little more searching around on their website, uh, found a mention of a, a white paper, um, and through a little Googling was able to find that. And that gave a little more information about um, how the algorithm worked and um, why I wasn't able to just direct compare these things. So I'll give a link to the uh, white paper in the show notes. Um, it's at uh, www.ee.columbia.edu slash tilde dpwe slash pubs slash lswp11 dash echoprint.pdf and it's co-authored by Daniel P.W. Ellis, who is with the Laboratory for Recognition and Organization of Speech and Audio at Columbia University, Brian Whitman from Echonest, and Alistair Porter, who is from the Center for Interdisciplinary Research in Music, Media, and Technology at McGill University. So I'll try to summarize for you what I learned about the fingerprinting algorithm from the paper. You start with the audio. Uh, they do a little bit of pre-processing um, to get everything in the, the same format. And then they, they chop the signal up into eight frequency bands. Um, from zero hertz up to about five and a half kilohertz. I assume that's something just sort of like a, a Fourier transform, um, just to get the, the signal into those eight buckets. Next, they, in each bucket, um, go through and they detect what they call onset events. Um, 
from what I could figure out, that's basically just places where the volume increases, um, trying to find the beginnings of notes or beats. They take those onset events um, in groups of four, and then for each pair from that group, they generate a hash. Um, so all possible um, pairs for a group of four, um, keeping the pairs in order, uh, gives six pairs, so six hashes. And then those hashes are stored along with the time they occur. So at this point I at least knew what the um, fingerprint represented, so I, now I just needed to deal with the format. Um, what was very helpful for that was actually looking at the the server code um, for the EchoPrint project, and that's at github.com slash echonest slash echoprint dash server. And that is um, licensed under the Apache 2 license. So looking through that code, I found that the JSON payload that gets sent to the server was base64 encoded and the binary blob that I was getting after decoding that was actually gzip compressed but with no gzip header. So I took um, my samples that I generated, um, prepended a gzip header and um, decompressed it. And what I found was essentially just a long string of hex digits. And the, the early ones, it was pretty obvious that values were getting repeated, and they were um, five-digit um, hexadecimal numbers. And each five-digit number was repeated about six times throughout the first part of the file. And then in the second half of the file, there didn't seem to be any repetition at all. Uh, the numbers seemed much more random. And the reason I found that out is, or the reason for that, is that all of the lengths are listed first, and then all of the hashes are listed at the end of the file. And the advantage that that gives is you get better compression because each length is repeated six times, once for each of the, the six pairs for that group. Um, and since those are all together, um, gzip is able to find those repetitions and compress them very well. So I needed to take the file, um, split it into half, and split each half into a five-digit length for the first half and a five-digit hash for the second half, and then pair those up. The next thing that the server does um, to compare two fingerprints is it compares all of the hashes from sample A and matches them up against hashes in sample B wherever they're equal. Then it calculates the minimum time offset between each pair of matching hashes and does a histogram. So it counts how many times a distance between two hashes occurs.
and then it takes the the most common times and um, uses that as a, a score, the, the count of the number of occurrences of that time distance. And that essentially allows um, finding two matching pieces of music that are just shifted by a time offset. So rather than looking for occurrences at exact times, uh, they just check to make sure that the, the time difference between um, two hashes is pretty constant throughout uh, the sample. So I wrote some um, conversion to go from the, the JSON through the base 64, prepend the gzip header, decompress, um, split the text up into pairs of five digit hex numbers, and then wrote an aux script to try to score uh, the difference between the two files, uh, essentially trying to duplicate what the server was doing. I never did quite get it worked out well enough to be able to consistently identify the HPR intro and outro. Um, and I think in the, in the process I learned that a major reason for that is with this kind of fuzzy matching, um, it works pretty well for audio identification. So let's say you have a large um, database of pre-computed fingerprints um, like the Equinest project does. They use, I think it's the, the Million Songs database. It's pretty easy to say which of these songs does this new sample match most closely, um, which gives very good results but it's harder to say, given any two samples, are they the same song? It's pretty easy to say no. Um, false negatives are pretty rare. But it's rather hard to say yes, you know, how close a match is close enough. So I didn't really get what I was after, but um, did learn quite a bit, and hopefully it was of interest to you as well. Uh, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.